sadness and grieve the end of civility. Because tonight, wars will be waged on the most brutal of battlegrounds. Inside a structure that confirms there is pure evil in this world. Inside minds to which the unthinkable springs to life. And inside the squared circle before your eyes. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. For the men whose virtues have taken a back seat to greed. For the men whose lack of morality sinks endlessly into the abyss. For the men who put their own bodies inside a device fashioned by sadists, built by rogues, and designed by the devil himself. So, bow your heads and prepare to mourn. The loss of honor, the loss of sanity, and the death of humanity. And make no mistake, war will never decide who is right, only who is left. Travis, I am madly in anger with you. Madly in anger with you! I'm madly in anger with you! Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're... no other place other than on the Federation podcast does this monster live like Metallica's sane anger. And you know what? Before, uh, before, before this, because I watched the WWE Network version. I'll get into the intro in a second. But before this, I watched the WWE Network version, and it was all dubbed out. Travis had uh, the the DVD, so he got the whole Stane Anger thing with music video and all. It's crazy madness. But I had to listen to an endless loop of that fucking course for about <laughs> half an hour, and I wanted to fucking rip my ears off. And, oh. I well, guess. at least if you uh, ended up looking at the DVD menus, you could at least... Look at Sable with that photoshopped S around her. Uh, I don't think that saves it. Naked body. Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean, she was looking on fine form tonight. Oh boy! Oh boy! She nearly spread everything. Nothing you've never seen before. But in Playboy twice, and for the third time in a couple months. Woo! In 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 storyline, not 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 now. E- yes, but. Yes. This is the Federation Podcast. I'm Tyler Fudge. I'm Travis Fudge. You can listen to us on iTunes. Google Play, I believe. I've never been able to find it, but they say I'm on there. Well, that's all that matters. I guess so. Uh, Stitcher. uh, Any kind of podcast app you can find. If you can't find us, then you're an idiot. And Well, you're you're listening, so you found us, so you're fucking smart. Oh, just a smart cookie. And you're smart enough to buy a t-shirt, right, over at watermaneuver.net? That's all I should need to say about that. You got three different kinds. One for your baby, one for outside, one for being a redneck, one for being a regular Joe. What's the redneck one? Wife beater. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm wearing one under my uh, Macho Man shirt right now, but 
That's an undershirt. Yes, it is, but it's still a wife beater. Yeah, fair. But it's being fair. used as an undershirt. I wouldn't wear it. <laughs> I wouldn't go walk around town with a wife beater on. You kids get off my lawn. <laughs> but Travis, we are here to talk about WWE SummerSlam 2003. It is our second SummerSlam that we have reviewed in the timeline itself of the SmackDown 6. And now, just just picking up where everyone has left off at this time period. Yes, and the last year's one was uh, very monumental with Rock and Brock. Yes. And the also... Youngest the, champion ever at this point. Yeah, and the return of HBK. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one, we're given an unmasked cane. In, and I think you'll probably be going in depth in the unmasking of Kane. Yeah, I have it all here. I'd rather go into it before the show because there's a lot to get into for Raw in particular. That, well, that's happened because we didn't have a visit for Raw since Bad Blood of June of 2003. Yes, and you know what, though? Uh, I somehow had to get the taste out of my mouth. Wait, was Bad Blood, that was... That was Nash and Hunter in a Hell in a yeah, Cell. Yeah, that was... That was bad. That was really bad. Terrible. That's, but Vengeance was a fantastic yes, show. Yes, it was. This one, you know what? I can't say there was anything uh, over overtly bad. Well... I didn't think it was a good show. Really? No, I didn't think it was a good show at okay, all. Okay, so okay. before we get into the show, what was the big things, the takeaway that you did not like? On the show itself? Yeah. Should we go into this after the show is done, or do you want to just straight up get into this now? Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's mention it briefly. Um. Okay, so you know how the Money in the Bank played out just this past Sunday? Yes. Everything was the same. We all had the same fuck finishes. Well, um, I have the same gripe and um, kind of problem with this show. Not in that way, where every finish was the same, but every match played out the same exact way. The Fatal 4-Way played out the same exact way as Brock and Kurt Angle did. The um, A-Train and Undertaker played out... They all had the same formula going in. No no match had um, a different kind of feel to it other than Kane, Rob Van Dam, and the Elimination Chamber. Fair enough. I thought everything was anticlimactic on this show. Well, like, no, I'm I'm not going to say that it's not without its faults. Like, uh, Eric Bischoff, Shane McMahon is really... That was not bad, but it also was not one of those good non-performance wrestler matches. Yeah. Which is why it's not remembered now. Exactly. And Taker, uh, Taker, A-Train. He's got a garbage opponent again for SummerSlam. Last year it was Tess. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually TNA. Sorry? The tag team, TNA. Maybe next year he faces Trish. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey. Wow, could you imagine Dead Man Taker, SummerSlam 04, beating up Trish Stratus? Buddy, buddy, whatever brings in the money at this point in time, right? Fair. Uh, and La Resistance and Dudley Boys was... I'll get into that later. Okay, well, I mean, that's that's the first match to really touch on, honestly. Oh, I'll get into that on the Raw Dog Rundown. The Raw Dog Rundown. The Raw Dog Rundown, buddy. So, since Bad Blood, it's been quite... A, a whirlwind, a roller coaster. June 23rd, quite, quite soon after Bad Blood, Triple H and Kane faced off in a mask versus title. I think it might have been mask versus hair or something. And Kane lost the match 
took off his mask to reveal the hideous human being that he was that has no scars, but he's got a weird fucking haircut. Yeah, I'm assuming that was just a... Because he had long hair, am I right? He had long hair, but I'm pretty sure he shaved for that match alone. Just for shock value. Just for shock value, yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking as well. So I yeah. also liked how they used to darken the around his eyes to make his eyes look more sunken in. Yeah. That was that was cool. You could really get what, like how they did that when Taker pretended to be Kane that one time in 99 and took off the mask. Yeah, well, like they're not even doing it like blackout. They're just doing like a brown tinge and yeah. it makes it naturally look like it's deeper. Makes you look like you haven't slept in years. Yeah. So the week after that, we get the debut of Gail Kim. She wins the women's title on her debut in a battle royal, only to lose it to Molly Holly weeks later, and then turn heel. She's still the best woman in the division at this point. But there is no women's match on this show. No, there's not. But I'll tell you what, on the Raws leading up to this, Gail Kim has had good match after good match after good match with Molly Holly and Trish Stratus. And her bad booking aside, my God, she, she's great and she looks way better back in the day, too. <laughs> way better. I, I've never, ever watched Gail Kim back then. Never, I've never seen it. Yeah, she's a fascinating woman's wrestler at this point because she's just a lot more fluid, you know? Fair enough. So um, let's fast forward a little bit here. July 14th. This is when the Kane stuff gets real heavy. We have the interview in Stanford, Connecticut between JR and Kane. And Kane at this point thinks that everyone's laughing at him because of his scars, but everyone keeps telling him, hey... You There's look, no scars. You look normal. But he <laughs> proceeds to just beat the shit out of everyone for no reason. This is when he catches JR on fire, isn't it? So he comes in and he um, immediately says before the interview, JR, if you make fun of me tonight, I'm going to light you on fire. And he holds up this jerry can of gasoline. <laughs> and JR just tells him, hey, you have no scars. All of a sudden, Kane punches him in the face, lights him on fire. JR is doing his best. His best selling. He's screaming like a fucking girl. <laughs> and um, then they cut to Eric Bischoff and Austin in the ring. And Eric is just doing this great shaming. He's he's just blaming it all on Austin because Austin was poking and prodding Kane to become a monster again. Which yeah. is why he took off the mask and became a psycho. So Eric, <laughs> like the credits are rolling it's over like this. opening Pandora's box. It is. And... At the end of the show, the credit like the credit trademark thing is rolling, yeah. and Eric is just yelling over and over, Damn you, Austin, straight to hell, you rotten bastard! Damn you to hell! It was fucking so absurd. So, um, it, 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 I'll streamline through the rest of it here. July 21st. Yeah, because doesn't like Linda and Shane, this, they get involved? This is exactly where I'm leading to here. Linda McMahon appears on Raw the next week. Takes control for the night, take uh, giving Austin and Eric the night off. This is where she puts in the rule that Austin's been beating the hell out of his employees too much. So now, okay, if he he can only physically get in contact with an employee if he gets provoked, yeah, unless or he's going to be fired. So at the end of the show, she gets tombstone by Kane on the stage, safest tombstone ever. Well, yeah, I would imagine so. And July 28th, Vince makes a surprise appearance on Raw to confront Kane. It's the summer of casual Vince. Wearing polo shirts and just... It's not even polo shirts. It's like old man Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, it's funny. And slacks. It's so And loafers. <laughs> he fucking walks to the ring and it looks like he's got a brisk breeze against him because the way his clothes is moving. It's unreal. It must have been a hot summer that 2003. I hot guess. Hot summer in Connecticut. 
I guess. So he makes it's it. either that or somebody just brought him to the gap for the first time. <laughs> uh, so he makes a surprise appearance. He confronts Kane at the end of the show, but to everyone's surprise, he leans towards Kane's side, wondering what he could do with a monster like Kane. And this leads to Shane. Oh, Mc- his glutes! His glutes! Just imagine in a Sino Evil, you have a nine-inch cock, Shane. And you grab it while you're looking at her. And you pulsate. Oh. Just imagine that. Just imagine that. That's horror right there. Horror. So this leads That's to... That's actually seen in the movie, if you don't remember. I, I, I thought it was a deleted scene. I've never seen it before. No, but... he, he stares at her in a cage and grabs his moose cock and grunts and walks away. Weird. It's so weird. It, we did an episode on it, me and Tell. So if you really want to go back and see uh, what we're talking about, because it really falls better in this timeline right now, maybe I'll do a re-upload of it maybe sometime. That's a good idea. Uh, but uh, Maybe uh, the next May 19th. May 19th? Is that when it came out? No. That was the big thing. May 19th was when the movie came out, but Kane had all these weird fucking things surrounding May 19th, and then fake Kane came. But was, the movie the movie came out after he became unmasked. Yeah, it came out May nineteenth, two thousand five. What? Oh, I thought it came out just after he became unmasked. Oh, no. Well, I'm not fucking reuploading that. You guys can go fuck yourselves. You just go back. Wait, and listen w- to wait it. for it to become like a national treasure in a couple years. You know. Yeah, if you want to go back and listen to it, it was a Halloween episode one year or something like that. There you go. So Shane McMahon comes out after this Vince interruption. He punches his dad. He puts Kane through a bunch of tables off the stage. Let's not. Forgetting to mention that over in on SmackDown, he's Stephanie has been injured now too. I'm gonna get the SmackDown too. Trust me, sir. Trust me, sir. But um, Steph got injured on Vengeance, from what yeah. I recall. She got injured by A Train. Yes, yes. So August fourth of two thousand three. This is a pretty noteworthy Raw. Austin mediates confrontation between Shane and Eric, where Eric threatens Shane being a black belt. But Stone Cold yeah. he makes Shane angry by saying that Eric has always been saying he's been getting into. Big-breasted, mature women like his mom. Yeah, he literally says that to Shane. And Steve then books uh, Shane versus Eric Bischoff no DQ match for later on tonight. This is after the comatose Linda, right? Oh, yeah, that was 01. Okay. So, as of August 4th, the main event for SummerSlam is actually just Goldberg and Triple H in a no DQ match. And do you know why it's no longer that? His groin injury, I'm sure. Uh, He needed to be carried. Do you know why he has a groin injury? No, I don't. For having two matches with Goldberg. Goldberg a, injured his On a house show circuit? Yes. Holy um, shit. Uh, they also, at this point in time, was when they real, realized that, oh, Goldberg can't work. Because they, they, they have put all their money in their the basket for Goldberg and Triple H to be the big, big, big match, right? They wanted that to be their SummerSlam, their biggest second biggest main event of the year. After the few Goldberg matches he's had, they quickly realized, okay, so this is not going to work. Because Triple H has to have a 25-minute match, right? Because Look at Scott Steiner earlier in the year. Exactly, exactly. So uh, they quickly realized, well, we need to change this, and that's how we got what we got. But we're going to get it later. I would imagine, when do we get that Summer Survivor Series? I believe we get it at Survivor Series, yes. Because okay. Goldberg has an illustrious one-month-long reign. Oh, yeah. One month. 
So, Kane, as of now, he is being escorted by the police in a police van, chained and shackled. Which is amazing. Coming down to the ring with a police force around him. He is... This is when Kane should have gotten the fucking rocket to his back, become the heel champion for a fucking half of a year or something like that. He should have beaten Triple H. Like, he should have been in the, in the Elimination Chamber and just did what Goldberg did, destroyed everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I like, agree. Like, put someone through the fucking chamber wall or something like that. Do you recall Kane getting a title match anytime this year? Do you want to know the next time Kane will get a title match? Oh, it's not going to be like WrestleMania, is it? It'll be bad-blooded 2004 against Chris Benoit. Wow. That, right. See, like... And that, 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 by then, he's killed dead. He's gotten beat course. by The Undertaker. He, he's killed dead. And then he gets killed dead even more with the fucking Snitsky storyline and Matt Hardy and stuff. I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. Like, oh, man. He punts the baby. <laughs> like, right now, seeing how great Kane is, like, the, the baby punt. Oh, God, the baby yeah. punt. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you what. When I was a kid... Me and my friend uh, Dylan were watching Raw at the time, (laughs) and we were watching it with someone that didn't, like, we barely even knew. It was this kid, Nick, that used to come down to Leading Tickles every now and then. Okay. And we watched it with him, and he got emotionally scarred from watching that Snitsky thing. Really? Like, Like, he was like, oh my god. Oh my god. He killed that baby. Yeah. Yeah, like... Well, can you remember when we were playing SmackDown in Lewisport? And some relatives of ours came, and they had their kids there. And uh, they politely asked us if we could turn that off. I don't want my kids seeing that. Oh! I was like, it's a fucking video game, and it's wrestling. It's what the fake. Fuck? Yeah. You... Yeah, no, like... You'll throw that it's fake in our face whenever you want, whenever you can. <laughs> no, that's too violent for my kids. Yeah, right. It's um, it's a funny, uh, happy medium there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tyler, yes, the S H I T is now in the WWE. Yes, this is this is what Roman Reigns should be doing right now. He should be dressing up as a superhero in training because he is the S H I T. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, I'm just picturing that he's already got the costume, right? He's got that fucking stupid bulletproof vest. But uh, did you notice the uh, blurred out sign in front row throughout the show? That might not have been blurred out on my copy. Oh, the shit sign. That that was that was not blurred out. That was blurred out on the network. That was blurred out. It's their own fucking gimmick, right? Blurred out. What the fuck? Well, see, double standards, though. They're PG now, and back then, I think they were only TV-14, so I think that they were able to kind of get away with those things. Yes, uh, but at the same time, you'll have, you know, Katie Vick, you know, like, fucking a dead corpse. But they don't have that on the network. You can't watch him fucking the dead corpse on the network. Oh, you can't? No, that thing was edited out of our broadcast, remember? Oh, right, so it was. Yep. So, um, we get the Elimination Chamber booked on this Raw after a big Evolution beatdown. At the end of the show, though, for the Shane McMahon match, the NoDQ match with Shane, Eric kind of, like, tells the police officers that one police officer got jumped. So they run away from the fucking 
the big police van, he unlocks the door to unlock Kane so he can come out and interfere in the Shane match later on tonight. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shane potatoes the fuck out of Kane, makes Kane bleed, he makes Eric bleed. It's a fucking mess, man. A fucking mess. I can see it. I can see it. I mean, there's nothing about that angle that interests me at all. No. Nothing. No. There's not not a goddamn thing. The, the air... Uh, now... I'm sure you're going to get to it because I saw glimpses of it on the SummerSlam feed. The Linda McMahon with all the WWE swag. Yeah, yeah. That'll be on the August 18th episode. But now I think this is August 11th here. Oh, God. JR comes back. He's going to sue Eric's ass for ever since he's worth because he fucking got burned down by Kane. Unless he wrestles Kane on Raw. Okay. JR wrestling Kane on Raw. No, Eric wrestling Kane. Okay. Eric wrestling Kane. So, this happens. Kane's coming out with the police squad again. It's fucking awesome. But Kane doesn't go through with the match. Instead, it's a big schmoz. Um, that, that's not the noteworthy part of this show. The most ner- noteworthy part of this show is Lance Storm befriending Goldust, painting his face and getting cue cards from the man himself to talk to people, such as Molly Holly. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm sure it is. I, I didn't see it, but I'm sure it is. And also Bubba Ray Dudley making the shit list. Is fantastic well, because he is making the shit list right here, or right now. I don't think you can make the shit list by an episode of Raw that came before SummerSlam. I'm gonna have to. I might have to try to veto that one. But it's gonna relate to the SummerSlam match. I don't know. You tell me the American flag. No. Okay, fair enough. They have a match with all resistance on the on uh, this episode of Raw that lasts 90 seconds, and in this period, Bubba chops Renee three times so hard that he's bruising and bleeding from the chest profusely. They had a bunch of stories earlier on in shooting interviews about how they just bullied the shit out of La Resistance. Yep. I think Bubba Ray Dudley, for the piece of shit that he is, deserves to be on the shit list. I mean, there's going to be an asterisk next to him for sure. Because it wasn't reviewed on the show. But I feel like there has to be some kind of asterisk. You know, like he he goes a little stiff on them in the match too. Well, yes, but I mean, if we put in the shit list, everybody who went a little stiff, Brock Lesnar would be on there, but eighteen times. But this is unnecessarily stiff. Well, it's gross. It, it's just pulling your weight around to people that you know aren't going to fight back because you know that they're just going to beat the fuck out of you. It's like I, Bradshaw. I honestly didn't even see it being that bad. I didn't even really notice much. Ooh, the chops are gross. The chop, but everybody chops hard sometimes. These chops are gross. They're they're like, they're the fucking like the windmill ones, man. Oh yeah, no, I would imagine <laughs> those those are easier to take, honestly, than the side chops. Mm, I don't know. I'll show you it. I'll show you it sometime. But I I, I don't want to. I don't want to argue over a shitless member here. <laughs> We're not arguing. We're discussing. That's what a podcast is. So we uh the next week. Some small noteworthy things happens. Rob Conway debuts. He becomes affiliated with La Resistance. Yes. Beating down the Dudley boys. Test regains Stacy's services in a match against Scott Steiner. And King proceeds to say on play-by-play that Test is treating Stacy like a slut. Yeah. I, I where? Why did I hear that on the SummerSlam broadcast? I don't know. There was nothing of any sorts. They might have just brought it up because King likes to ramble. Maybe. 
Because during the broadcast summer, I heard them say Stacy and Slut. But I can't believe that they continued that. I didn't. Catch not it. having Stacy on the show made me off-putted by it. I had no idea what was going on. So I guess if you get treated like a slut, that means you're a slut. Hey, fair enough, right? Little Jr. says it. Or no, King said it. Jr. said it. It was King. Okay. So Kevin Nash loses his hair in a hair versus hair match against Chris Jericho. He didn't lose his hair. No, he didn't. <laughs> King proceeded to say, "He's bald. He's bald. He's bald." Jr. He had a Justin Bieber quaff. He had a Justin Bieber quaff, and now he actually has it shaved into a crew cut. Yes. The uh, the uh, Vinny Vegas crew cut, actually. Yes. With uh, very, very blonde hair. And, buddy, this is the episode where Linda McMahon is interviewed via satellite in her office full of WWE memorabilia featuring magazines that she's prodding through featuring pinups of her daughter, Stephanie McMahon, and WWF Attitude mouse pads, WWE.com playing WWE games. Flash games, mind you. What WWE Flash games were there? Like, I don't know, but there was a WWE games page she was on. I remember on Newgrounds the uh, the dress up versus yeah, like Trish yeah, Stratus and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. But uh, that's that's all I remember. <laughs> well, surely they didn't have that on WWE.com. They should have. Yes. Yes, I remember uh, if, the, if 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 the um, the attitude era was happening in this day and age with the technology we have, I bet you WWE.com would be smut, pure and utter smut. <laughs> they would have embraced the leaks. Yeah, there would have been a video game to fix Charlotte's titties. <laughs> you had to be a plastic surgeon, and you uh, you had to decide which one you're going you're going to lift or sag. Um, maybe even position the nipples. <laughs> Uh, then uh, let's see what other games we can have. Enlarge uh, your clitoris. There would be a uh, a Bailey hugging game where you, the goal is to try to revert the hug into a motorboating situation. Uh, then we could also do the well. There's obviously a game built around Sasha being a ratchet because that was her whole NXT gimmick that she's ratchet. So maybe got how many escape. years does it take for Sasha to go bald? Yeah, maybe the rec- receding head hairline of Sasha Banks. The curious case. With the receding hairline, Sasha Banks, or uh, or a game where you could just vape and cry with Big Show. Oh, oh, we, yes, and then after that, the next level is focusing a camera as Brad Maddox. <laughs> Cuckold one hundred and one. Cuckold the game. <laughs> the cuckoldening. <laughs> or you could just play as Xavier Woods, just. You know. Well, you gotta time your thrusts. Time your thrusts. You can be filmed you can playing a, mini- a game while you're playing a game. You could you could uh, do a mini game of trying to get a dildo up your ass, like Paige. Oh. 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 Baby. So, <laughs> so um, Linda's door begins to ring frantically, and Eric walks in. Shane McMahon's in the arena. Looking around with a fucking jerry can of gasoline looking for Eric Bischoff. Poor Eric. Wait, Wait, you're saying Shane McMahon? Shane McMahon is in the arena looking for Eric while Eric is actually in Stanford. Okay. So Eric, he's there. He tells her he's not there to hurt her, but to please her. He expresses his hatred for Shane getting handed WCW, the company that Eric Bischoff built himself, which is actually a nice base to build this feud off of. Very nice. 
This is what should have happened in the invasion itself. Probably. With yeah. Eric coming and not not the whole Linda shit, but Eric coming no. back to reclaim WCW. If they ever went further with it, would have been pretty cool. But he says he's gonna he's gonna break Shane's legs. Yes. Eric kisses Linda and he tells her to lead us to the bedroom. Then Shane is shown leaving the arena yelling, motherfucker. And then Shane actually just steals someone's car. He literally, he goes around and he's looking for cars. Some dude is getting in his car and he pushes him out, gets in, drives away, and the guy's like, hey, hey, hey. And then he just stops and it's just like. I thought like, you were talking like he obviously went to a car and found one that was unlocked. No, he fucking committed Grand Theft Auto (laughs) on television. I mean, if OJ can do it. Well, he didn't do Grand Theft Auto. He just did OJ did nothing, Tyler. Sure. OJ did nothing. He is innocent. That's true. We'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, why not? So, Kane, he ends up tying RVD backstage, dousing him in gasoline. Shane's gasoline that he found. And he teases lighting RVD on fire, but he just yells in his face instead. And, um, yeah, Kevin Nash turns heel at the end of the show because, you know, new hair, new attitude. New hair don't care. So, uh, um, SmackDown, not not much happened. Uh, Kurt Angle. Holy fuck, that was just raw. Uh, You realize that was just raw and that was a half an hour. uh, It's okay. It's a SummerSlam. We We can... Well, let's 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 not make the SmackDown one in half an hour. <laughs> well, I, I I I just said that there's not much to okay. talk about. They went to BC on August seventh, and they uh, what? Uh, Nobody ever goes to BC anymore. Well, they went to Vancouver for a Raw, which would have been what the August fourth episode. And in August seventh, they don't tell you what town they're in. They are in British Columbia, Canada. So this must have been one of the towns that Vince hated the name of to refuse to put it on air. Could have been, yeah. They were in Kelowna. Okay, fair they enough. They were in Kelowna for a SmackDown taping. Fair enough. I mean, it's, no, that, it's no Vancouver. That's an odd area to tape in, yeah. though, huh? Yeah. That's like taping in, like, Halifax. Which they did, what, 97? 97. Yeah. Um, it was full of vengeance rematches. Um, they had a great... Benoit and Eddie match that just my god it was so scary um, that was the same night that Lesnar turned heel in a match against Vince McMahon in a cage Kurt Angle was a special ref yeah. and um, that's really all that happens on Smackdown other than Zach Gowan getting destroyed getting in front of his bludgeoned. mother in front yeah. of his mother was that his real mother yeah, yeah it, that was, his, was real his real mother that was his real mother and um, he was supposed to face Matt Hardy at this pay-per-view yes. now what do you think do you think there was a reason behind that? You don't see Zach too much after this. Oh, maybe the the pet project was done. I think that they lost their uh, their inspiration to push him. Wouldn't you think they just at least have him lose to Matt Hardy instead of having Matt Hardy come out and do nothing on Sunday Night Heat? It's possible too that they ran out of time and that they didn't tell anyone that he broke his legs, quote unquote, until at the show. To like excuse it because in the video package there's a lot of Matt Hardy and Zach Gowan in the initial opening video package there's yeah. a lot of Matt Hardy and Zach Gowan so they had it planned well yeah but like what there, what match would have been on Sunday Night Heat um, I don't know what match was on Sunday Night Heat initially I'm assuming usually it's some garbage match with like Val Venus or Lance Storm. I just assumed that was 
going to be the Sunday. Oh wait, it's SmackDown, so it wouldn't be. It, um, would that would would SmackDown be exempted from performing on Sunday Night Heat, even though it's a pre-show for a pay-per-view? I feel like it should be. It would make sense. It is a Raw show. That's something I've never thought about. Yeah. Weird. I feel like uh, Rey Mysterio had a Sunday Night Heat match though before a pay-per-view. I really do feel that. Maybe. It's possible. Huh. That's something I'm going to look out for for the next couple shows. Yeah, they might not be like... You because know, like, what happens on a Sunday when a SmackDown pay-per-view happens? Is it just a regular like episode of Heat? Well, like, yeah. I, ne- I can't remember. That That's strange. Yeah. I- I'm going to look into that. Yeah. I'm look into that. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Travis, SmackDown is coming. SmackDown. Jesus Christ. What is this? SmackDown 6? SummerSlam 2003 is coming to us from Phoenix, Arizona in the American West Airlines Arena. Now... They had a good crowd. It was what, like seventeen thousand? It was uh yeah, seventeen thousand one hundred and thirteen. Not bad. Pretty fucking good. Uh and this is October twenty fourth or October, August twenty fourth. Just shitting the fucking bed here, left, right, and center. But Travis, did you notice that as soon as our fucking camera comes on and we go ringside, we notice that the the Spanish announcers are dressed like twins. They have the same suit on. They have brown suits or tan jackets, black pants, black shirts, and I believe like gray pants. Both I of them. I did not notice. It that. was unreal. It was uncanny. But what did you think of the opening video that was riddle full of Matt Hardy and Zach Gallon? Well, I didn't like it watching the uh, the network version because I watched the network version initially and then it crapped out on me, remembering, hey, I have a SummerSlam DVD of this. God, that Jim Johnson theme song that they overdubbed it with is bad. Well, well like, are you taught? There was nothing overdubbed in the video, though, was there? The the video package is saying anger. Really? On the on the SummerSlam DVD, yeah. Like even during the video? Like you mean the video package that chronicalizes and hypes up the show yeah. itself? Yeah, it's it it's actually saying anger. Really? Fair enough. Yeah, it's it, it's weird. Like, I wonder what other overdubs that they've done. Because we've gotten, like, Bring Me to Life from Evanescence on the network. Yeah. And um, that um, Trust Company song. Yeah. Downfall. Yeah. Headstrong wasn't there, though. No, Headstrong wasn't there. So that's... Uh, these weird... Uh, these weird things about the network. Well, I'm sure Metallica would never license a... Uh, but you think if it was on the DVD, but maybe the license lapsed. You ever hear the story of uh, Metallica offering WWE to play for a SummerSlam one year for free and Vince didn't know who they were? What year would this have been? <laughs> Believe it or not, this is on a Sandman shoot interview. He said it was in like 97, but I'm assuming it was probably for this one here. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, he's not Jerry Lee Lewis, right? <laughs> right. Goddamn. God. God damn. damn! Great balls of fire! Goodness gracious! Great balls of fire in my dick! Let's put a dick on the fucking logo. Give me some penicillin. <laughs> but Travis SmackDown opens up with uh, the tag team match of La Resistance and the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys garnering an American flag. La Resistance being French. 
Yes, yes. Um, classic, oh, foreigner villain thing that is always ubiquitous in WWE. Yes. We, and got, then, we, we had it last year. Now we got it again. And then you've got the, the WWE fans being the heels themselves with uh, signs like 3D the frogs. Jesus Christ. But it's crazy, though. The time that has passed, the last time we seen the Dudley Boys, they were fighting for their freedom. And now they're waving the flag of freedom. They're all about the freedom in the U.S. of A. Yeah. And uh, so what will we get here? A, a a match that garnering being stiff, you would like to induct Bubba Ray into the shit list? I would personally like to, yes. Well, sir, being the holder of the shit list. I, I will take that asterisk. There will just be a semi-asterisk saying... Inducted for reasons not attributed to the show itself. We'll go with... We'll go with that. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. <laughs> but this match is nothing. No, it is absolute nothing. Uh, uh, at one point in time, Sylvan Grenier pulls out the ref. Once uh, Bubba Ray and Devon hit a 3D. Then Rob Conway comes in, dressed as a cameraman, attacks Devon, and Law Resistance retain the tag team titles. Yeah. That's like the only thing of note. We get the what's up headbutt. We get some punches. We get some clothesline sending people outside. It, you know, you, it's, it's a very by-the-numbers match with a veteran tag team against a green tag team. I think the best part of the match came post-match with Coach interviewing Bubba, and Bubba... Ask Coach if he's one of those French sympathizers. Yeah, yeah, Bubba didn't really come off looking too great with the, uh... Yeah, maybe he won't get an asterisk. He's kind of a dick, you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was... I, I, I as well can concur that post-match was a little shitty. Like, people who don't like America suck. And has Bubba been good at all on our timeline? No, He no. doesn't get good until, like, 2010. Yeah. But he legit, like, a quote, if you don't like America, then you suck. Right, like... Say, like, man, you God can't damn come up with something more original than that. You're a baby face. Yeah. You're a baby face. You know, like, God damn it, you got a tour to Canada and England and all these other places just as much as America. Like, like for at least, like, three <laughs> months of the year, you're out of America. You're going to be a baby face there? Fuck no. It's true. That is very true. Now, Travis... Christian won the IC title for Booker T. Yes, he it did. It actually hot-shot it a couple times. They hot-shot it quite a bit in the past couple months. Now, do you know where Christian last obtained the IC title? Um, It would have been on Raw, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> no? It's a house show. It was a house show? Yeah. Holy shit. The first shit. time it switched was on Raw. When Booker T won it back from Christian. Or yeah, because Christian won it at Judgment Day. Yes. So Booker T beat him on Raw, and then Christian beat Booker T on a house show. And now he's here with his fresh hair. Easy E is wondering why. Easy E is there. He's, he's, he's doing his little karate chops. Christian comes in. He's wondering why he's left off the card. Eric doesn't want to be bothered, but he says it's Austin's fault. And he brings up the fact that Eric and Linda were in a room together last night. What happened? Or not last night. Last whatever. week. And, uh, yeah, this basically they keep on asking for Is this where he asked for a job? Um, like, yeah. Give me something to do. He asked if he needed assistance with Shane, but Eric has a backup plan. 
And yes. that we'll see that later. Yes, we will. So uh, Christian's left with the blue dot on his face. And uh, Cole mentions that Stiz. That ugly <laughs> bastard. Yes. Uh, this is when uh, also Cole ends up mentioning that A-Train has become a hired gunman for Vince. So, they mention it on SummerSlam. Sable, on a previous episode of SmackDown, started to, like, caress A-Train's body hair and then started to, like, <laughs> pinch his nipples. Yes. Yeah, that that was a disturbing piece of SmackDown, I will tell you what. I can see that, and it was particularly puzzling when not going into this, having any clue what was going on, having A-Train walk to the ring with Sable behind him. Yes. I just, I, I cocked my head like a dog. I thought it was a confusing dynamic, but at the same time... I was intrigued. That's kind of what A-Train needs. Yeah. is just something to kind of be alluring, because he's kind of a very hideous figure to look at. You know what? It could be worse. Uh, like, Big Damo's hair is a lot more grosser to look at than Prince Albert's. Yes. Uh, at least Prince Albert's is tight. It just looks like tight facial hair all over every inch of his body. Damo looks like a caveman, whereas Albert looks like he's intentionally scalped it out this to make it look like it. Yeah, he looks like he spent five hours every day trimming his body hairs. That's what he looks like. (laughs) Just put a big hairy dot over his chest. You're like a fucking giant mole. (laughs) 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 But uh, oh god, A Train comes out with Sable. And How they- about Sable's fucking dress, man? man that uh, whoa! I wouldn't even call it a dress. It was like a jumpsuit with less that's, fabric. That's like that is more revealing than what Lita was wearing with Edge. Yeah, yeah. Except for in the bed. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about that that black thing that just showed the, the, every the shawl dress. Whatever yeah, the fuck yeah. you call that. Yeah. Undertaker comes out and is, is uh, all I can say, like, West Coast Choppers-esque bike with the flames going everywhere, and everybody's raving over, that's a beautiful bike, JR, or that's a beautiful bike, Cole. And it's like, well, that's a tacky-looking bike from 2003 made by Jesse James. Flame decals, I think, are the tackiest thing in the I world. I agree. I, that that's, or a barbed wire tattoo. That's why my uh, Rocket League car has flame decals. Yeah. To be tacky. <laughs> it's also got a spaceman on the antenna. Nice. So nice. take that, bitches. So at the beginning of this match, there was a perverted fan, kind of similar to um, our PWA stay, okay. taking photos of Sable ringside during in the, uh, the lower region. But this guy has to be particularly crafty because he doesn't have a digital zoom and also he's got an undisputed title belt wrapped around him like a fucking satchel well i mean like like it's like it's like a hall monitor's fucking sack oh he's oh oh really yeah he's wearing an undisputed title like that so that shows you what kind of winner he is that shows you that he's given up on life because he's worn that belt he's like i'm gonna wear this belt around my waist the whole night five (laughs) hours later oh this is so uncomfortable I sit down. But I'm the champion. Yeah. I gotta display my pride somehow. 
I've got Sable's puss <sighs> on camera. I hope, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you notice sign guy behind the announce table? Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's he's been around for a long he's time. He's still wearing the same suit. <laughs> same shit. Crazy. <laughs> but Travis, this match is basically a lot of brawls. Mm, yes. Uh, we get all the obligatory taker spots plus a couple spills to the outside. We get a ref bump when Albert escapes a last ride. He then hits a derailleur, only to get a two. Taker then clobbers the ref by accident once again. He's out forever now. Albert gets a chair, but he eats a big boot, sending the chair into his own face, just like a, only a heel should. But that only gets a two as well, because, I mean, the ref took a while to get there. Yeah. But Taker hits a choke slam quite quick after and picks up the victory. Yeah, so it was um it was a nothing match. Uh God, Taker's so boring at this time period. He yeah. had a great match with Cena, but these storylines are just they are they're there's nothing. There's really nothing of substance in the American badass after Sarah left. Yes. Oh, Big Evil. I liked Big Evil a little bit. That was Yeah, the it, heel one. He was lazy as fuck, but it, it was a better character. The character was good. I'll agree with you there. Um, so, um, a gripe that I have with this match is... Um, oh, actually, this is where I relate to the, um, the formula, formulaic pay-per-view structure that this has. There's a lot of ref bumps in this entire pay-per-view. Yeah, you're right. There's there two is. in this match. There's a couple in the um, um, the Brock Lesnar-Kurt Angle match. Yeah. And I feel like there might have been one more, but probably not. Yeah. Um, oh, the Eric Bischoff-Shane match has a lot of shenanigans, too. Well, a lot of shenanigans. I don't think there's a ref bump, though. No, but there's a DQ call. With, okay. with, with uh, yeah, the, the back. Well, yeah, line. that's before the, yeah. I was really confused about that, too, by the way. Uh, I think cage match confused you, didn't? Yeah, they? yeah. That... No holes bars match. I go in and to give. They like, they jumped the why gun. Why is he counting? What? What? Why is he going back? In the... I had to delete so much fucking like angry notes. Yeah, because I just had a ton of shit. Why is Shane so stupid? Why is the ref <laughs> counting the ten in a no DQ match? Yeah, yeah. But turns out Eric made it no DQ mm. halfway through. Yeah. So, um, Taker goes for a last ride post-match, but he gets caressed by Sable. I guess Sable's trying to get to those nips, too. But he ends up choking her, setting up for a choke slam. Yeah. But no! Stephanie makes her big return! She's all grown up now, and she's living to learn. Calling shots. Something, something, sperm. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it is some busty, busty revenge tonight. Boy, so- yeah, it's it's it's... It's weighty. Yes. Um, she comes out. We had a cat fight, but A-Train pulls Sable out to end the fight. Sable's tits nearly popped out again. You can see her adjusting those fucking puppies pretty pretty bad. Oh, yeah. And um, Coach, all of a sudden, is ringside with Lee and Gary. We have crowd predictions for the Elimination Chamber tonight. And they are both redneck Goldberg fans. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, who's going to win? Goldberg. Goldberg. Think, did she sound like she messed up Goldberg to you? Like she sounded like she was a plant and she didn't know what to say. Mm. That's that's what I got. That that would make a lot more sense. A lot uh, more. Uh, and then uh, yeah, we get a, a video hyping the Shane and Eric storyline. 
going through what you had talked about, Shane trying to save his mom and fighting for the honor of his mother, you know, and they they call it a rape. That's that's like I was reading the uh, the the newsletters and the Linda Eric thing they classified as rape. Hmm. I don't know if it's that new age rape stuff where it's yes means no. You know what I mean? Because she did kiss him. No. 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 Because they always he kissed her, but he also had her arm like braced behind her. Oh, okay, because all I'm going off and of. she's she's got um herniated discs in her neck. So if she moves, then she's probably going to get hurt. Oh, that, so it's all thing. context. And okay. uh, when she's kissing her, or when he's kissing her, she's like making groans, like like in, in like um like uh, in peril. See, all I'm going by is what they did with the video montage. And they made it look as if eh, they just kissed. That's, that was probably their intention, though. Because the segment came off as more awkward and uncomfortable. Especially on... what followed. Yeah. Rosie getting a cat out of a tree. Yes, you were in the same room when I was watching that episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Um. just before we get in this match, Rosie saves a cat out of a tree <laughs> from this little girl. This little girl, and she is so bad on the camera. She, oh, yeah. The only word she says is the cat's name, and she's terrible. But um, Rosie ends up kicking the cat and killing it. And then Hurricane and Rosie flee after killing the cat. They kill a cat, a, a little girl's cat. Did she cry? No, she just kept on saying, Mr. Sprinkles! Mr. Sprinkles! Also, she's the blind kid from Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I've never really... No? I was really high when I good watched Dumb and Dumber. party. Or whatever the fuck he says. Here's a good party. Bree's dead. Sold to yeah, that, that about makes sense. So uh, here is the quasi no DQ, no holes bird match that only happens halfway through and made me really confused. Uh, Eric comes down, he grabs a mic, and he mentions that uh, uh, he doesn't know why Vince goes out and he tries to find all that stray hamburger meat when he's got a fine filet mignon back at home in Connecticut. Loved that line. That was so, so good. So much. And then he said that he and Linda did it all night long. He knows where Shane gets his energy. Oh, such a oh, dude. It was so good. He's a great heel. He is so great. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only thing I have to say about this match, even besides the, uh, the no DQ thing is the amount of times that Shane had to roll into that ring really fucking made me irritated. Yes. That pissed me off a lot. Yeah. It's just like, come on, just go into the ring for fuck's sake. This is pointless. You're eating up time. Um, or at least, you know, like, you know how sometimes the ref will just not count for a while. He'll be like, plead with him. Like, come on, get in the ring. Shane, come, come on, Shane, get in the ring. Japan has such a better structure for this. Yes. Way better structure for this. 20 count. The 20 count is so nice because it builds up to a, that thing where like, oh my God, you're at 19. Holy shit. You can actually build, you got time to veer away long enough to not be able to get back. Exactly. There was a lot of potatoes in this match, huh? Huh. That's because of Shane. He can't punch with a shit. He can't punch. He is so fucking stiff. It's, yeah, no, it's not good at all. Um, Let's see. How does it go? Oh, this is when Coach turns heel. Coach turns heel. Yes. 
Coach, Jonathan Coachman, blasts Shane in the back with a chair and the bell almost rings, but then it's made a no DQ match. That explains why he was ringside for the fans, though. It was a way to get him out there. Did you imagine how heartbroken those fans were? Yeah. That coach, he's such a nice guy. And then all of a sudden, oh! Oh, man. So, on Raw, Terry Runnels was interviewing the founder of Slamball. Is that that fucking trampoline basketball? Yeah! Oh, it was wow. a Spike TV cross-promotion at yeah. this time, buddy. So, yeah, uh, I used to watch the shit I out of that. I loved Slamball. I did, too. It was so fun. I did, too. So, he, uh, this guy looks like Sign Guy. The owner looks like fucking Sign Guy. Fair enough. And he's talking about Slamball. He, Terry's like, here, uh, just tell us uh, what Slamball's all about. He's going through it, going through it. And then he's talking about the big tournament that's happening, like, this week or this weekend. And then all of a sudden, I think uh, Kane or someone comes out. And all of a sudden, Terry's like, all right, we got to go back. Midway through him talking about this shit. It was so funny. I'll slam you to hell. I bet you Vince was just like, God damn it, get the scrub off my television. Give him a blue dot. (laughs) But, uh, so, Coach then comes into the ring. He mimics JR. Uh, Let's see, uh. They hold up Shane so that Eric can kick his ass. But Shane, you know, being the wiry, energetic freak that he is, he breaks free. He DDTs Eric. But, but gets kicked in the nuts. Just out of good measure. This is when the glass shatters, Travis. And Stole Cole comes to the ring. He looks like he's ready to kick Coach's ass. But like you alluded to earlier, he can't unless he's provoked. So what does Shane do? And he pushes Coach into Stone Cole. That's all he needs. Physical Down goes. Provoke. Nope, that's provoked. He got touched. You know what I mean? No wonder Deborah got beat so fast, right? <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Coach goes down like a 90-pound blonde in a bar fight. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, and then Austin, he hits a stunner on Eric. Shane's not happy with that, though. That's not enough. He puts Eric on the announcer's table, hits an elbow, gets the pin and the win. Stone Cold then uh, goes back on the prowl for a new wife. One that can take a punch <laughs> and not provoke him. <laughs> You've got a good little quaff going on there, Travis. It's great. <laughs> Oh, Do you shit. think that the wife that's on the Austin podcast is just black and blue all the time? No, she seems like the kind of chick that she won't take shit. If Stone Cold Do you think that, that that's like the same wife that Dog the Bounty Hunter used to have? No, I really hope not. Jesus, that's a wolf. Beth, where's my bad mates? <laughs> bad mates him. Oh, okay, Travis, it's time for probably, I don't know. The uh, second best match of the night? I fucking hated this match. What? Yep. But, hey, man, Eric was full of blood after that, eh? Oh, yeah. That oh, was yeah. brutal. That was brutal. That was the worst I've ever seen Eric. Well, I would imagine that's that's all Shane's potatoes, right? Yeah, actually, it probably was. Or maybe one clipped him anyways. Uh, so this brings us to the WWE United States title fatal four-way matchup with... Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Hey. We do get that Orton Flair thing backstage, 
Where we tease dissension in the evolution. Before Batista even joins? No, Batista's joined. He's injured. Yeah, I know. yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, this, he hasn't been there since they've called it evolution. True. He was just kind of there before they fully formed. Yeah. And um, Orton and Flair are there, and he's talking about, you got to protect the champ tonight, you know? You got to protect the champ. But he's like, well, what if? And then Flair's like, no, there's no what if. And then yeah. Triple H comes in and he says, Randy, there is no what if tonight. So, I thought that was nice. Yeah, I mean, Dissension, to me, a little too early for Dissension. A little too early, yep. Especially if you're going to have the longevity that they ended up having. Yeah. You could tell they quickly changed their mind, because this doesn't happen until a year from now. Exactly a year from yeah. now. Yeah, And they're already promoting WrestleMania 20. Yeah, yeah, by a little flip-down page. This is the earliest I've ever seen them promote it. And on my uh, DVD broadcast, they were doing WrestleMania Rewinds promoting WrestleMania 20. Oh? Yeah, there was a rewind to the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12 on this on this paper. Oh, maybe that's why my show was only two hours and 45 minutes. Mine also had the St. Anger video at the end. Well, yeah. It eats up about six minutes or so, I think. Well, because they got to fucking walk through a prison. You got to hear the gavel. The San Quentin. Yeah. Fuck. Eddie, though, has a lowrider now. He's a beautiful lowrider. And Rhino looks so young. Yeah, and a lot less big. Yeah, yeah. he's. It's crazy, because like, you get so used to seeing somebody like this, and then you go back and you see him young, and it's like, oh, wow. I remember this. And you look so old now. Yeah. But, hey. Have you seen the photo of David Benoit backstage or in ring at the Edmonton House show this week. Yes. Poor guy. That guy is going to have a rough life. As if he hasn't already. It's, it's, it's hard to live to that. If that sure. guy wants to wrestle, he's fucked. Oh, yeah. He'll never he's get a shot. Fucked. Never. Because, like, he was supposed to have a match with Chavo, like, a year ago. But he told him that he was fully trained, and then it turned out that he nearly did not have enough training at all. They had to call it off. Yeah. Apparently, he's got fucking issues, too. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean... Poor guy. Poor guy. And holy fuck, does he look like Chris. That's what I was... That would be his main downfall in the wrestling industry. He looks exactly like Chris. The dead eyes and everything. Yeah, it's, it's... they, they, yeah, they, they do look a lot alike. Uh, if if he does try to make a career out of it, I don't think it'll ever work. Call himself David Bennett. I'm Mike Bennett's brother. Well, he's not going by Bennett anymore, anyways. He's Canellis. God damn. Okay, what did you think of that? Okay, no. Okay, so I'll probably get more into this. If you want to hear more about this, listen to the Suplex City Limit show I'll do this weekend. But uh, some people took uh, like. It's a five-minute segment. It's not meant to be much, right? It's only an introduction, uh, and and a question came up as, okay, so this was pointless. Why the hell would you have this on a pay-per-view? You're in the, the era of the TV ratings. Pay-per-view is not the luxurious business it once was. Pay-per-view is dead. Pay-per-view is dead. That's why we have the WWE Network. Uh, $9.99 means you get $9.99 cents worth of a pay-per-view you don't get 65 dollars worth of a pay-per-view it's just the way it's going to be plus all their money is made from ads so you show it on a pay-per-view that'll hopefully if done right 
make somebody watch on Tuesday to see what Mike Bennett and Maria is going to do. And plus, these pay-per-views are still big events. Yeah. So why not put a debut on a big show? Exactly. It gives you reason to have the WWE Network and not just watch the television show. And how often do you get a surprise on a big show like that? Right. How often does somebody bypass NXT? Who was the last person to do it? AJ Styles. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Right? Now, would I put Mike Bennett in that category? No. Do I think Mike Bennett's going to get punked out? Oh, yes. I really do. Mike Bennett is there because of Maria, not vice versa. I think what sealed the deal itself was JBL at the very end of the segment. He took her name. He took her last name. Which, that's, I feel that's the gimmick. He's a cuck. He's fucked. Like, he is no. Oh, yeah, no. He is Mark Marrow. That that is what he is now. I I agree, but I have enough faith that he won't be because he's so much better than Mark Mayer ever was. If you take now, I know it's not much watching his ROH stuff because there's really no storytelling outside of the wrestling match. Well, you've seen way more Mike Bennett than I have because you watched the TNAs. Watch the wedding. Between uh, Laurel Van Ness and Braxton Sutter, you will see the best Mike Bennett. He's drunk. Oh. He's a drunk groomsman, and it's amazing. That's pretty cool. It's so good. It's so good. Proud for Maria, though. Yeah. She deserves to be there because yep. she's been fucking fire since she's been on the indies. You're, you're, you're fucking right about that. And I'm, I'm saying fire in more ways than one. <sighs> the red hair don't care. The ass... I loved her in ROH, in the kingdom, and with Truth Martini. Was she with Truth Martini? Oh, I can't remember. No, that's uh, that's Taylor Hendricks with Truth Martini, wasn't it? Fuck right. She was. She was, she was just strictly the kingdom. Uh, Taylor Hendricks. Um, I know, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The kingdom. She she is great. She's fantastic. She deserves to be there. She's no longer the ditzy blonde that she was twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, that's. She's she, going to fit very well. I think so. And the gimmick of being, you know, love and how they found each other, to me, is not something that... You ever watch Big Brother? Oh, I used to. Were you watching when that ditzy redhead was in it? Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel and Brandon. Yeah, God damn it. That's uh. what this is. That's what this is. And But Travis... You hated those guys with a fiery passion, right? Did you not? It was more like... That kind of killed me on Big Brother. But at least you can control it here. You know what I mean? There's the opportunity to make a decent heel team there. But will they do it right? Probably not. They should go into the Ms. Maurice realm a little more than this? Yeah. Because right now it's a little too campy. Yes, it, it is a little campy, but now I wouldn't say they'll be super, super lovey every week. You know what I mean? I see Maria causing shit and Mike Bennett having to try to fix it, but not being able to fix it. So when are we going to get Billy Gunn back here? Oh, God. <laughs> if they need to have a fucking uh, wife swap is when we'll see Billy Gunn back. Billy Gunn comes in with Yoshitatsu. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Bennett has the fuck Yoshitatsu, but Billy Gunn gives Maria. 
and, and we get that like the fantastic Yoshitatsu commentary, like like what he did in yeah. New Japan over yeah. while play by playing a threesome between Mike Bennett, Billy Gunn, and Maria Kanellis. Kevin Kelly asked Yoshitatsu, "So Yoshi, how was Kevin Bennett? How would you describe uh, Mike Bennett in bed?" Or generous lover. <laughs> <laughs> but Travis, enough about 2017 wrestling, okay? Uh, let's see. Uh, this this match, I really liked how uh, Eddie wouldn't get into the ring at first until, you know, he would get in, fuck somebody over. As soon as somebody else came in, he'd get out. Uh, but that's really the only highlight for the first half of the match. My problem with the match was that there was too much. It, it was a blatant tornado fail four-way match yes. where, okay, there's more than two people in the ring. We better fucking eliminate one person out of the equation. Somebody roll out. And that happened all the time. There was no, there was very little points in the match other than that, the simpatico submission between the crossface and the lasso from El Paso that we actually had all four competitors in the ring for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was just too like it was hard to record notes for this match because it just kept on like is it entertaining for me to say okay Tajiri's gone Rhino's gone Benoit's gone okay this guy's back in yeah like this match is not entertaining to actually even like talk about I feel well yeah no it's it's I agree it, it's it's your obligatory uh, uh, multi man match. You know, when when you look at it, there's only so well a multi-man match can be compared to a singles match. You know what I mean? Especially when you're given the singles match we get next. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which you was know, actually a pretty decent match. I fucking loved it. It's actually given a four and a half stars. For real? Yeah. This is this United States title match is given three and a half. Huh. And the Elimination Chamber is given three and a quarter. Yeah, I could. I three could. The, the elimination chamber match I feel is probably better than this one, the uh, four way. I enjoyed it more, but the finish was kind of bullshit. Oh well, yes, that was well, a yes. pretty bad finish. No, I agree. We'll get to that. Uh, but no, the uh, let's. I'm. I'm. I got my. Mo- Ugh, I'm lost in my notes. Okay, there we go. There we go. Tajiri and Benoit. They both spill outside. Eddie hits frog splash, and he wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a cool spot right before. Uh, Tell me, uh, the uh, Benoit and Tarantula. No, when uh, Benoit was doing the ha- German hat trick on Tajiri, and then Eddie ran towards both of them, and Benoit, in the German stance, back body dropped Eddie over him and Tajiri. Okay. And then that's when Tajiri reversed it. Benoit and Tajiri spilled out. I re- I really liked uh, when Benoit was in Tarantula. Rhino went to go for a Gora and Eddie, but Eddie held the title. Yes, that was and, a good spot. Yeah, he hits Rhino with it. Uh, then, uh, let's see, he goes up for a frog splash. Tajiri cuts him off. Benoit then ties up Tajiri in a tree of woe, and uh, so he couldn't hit the flying headbutt and jumps over him. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that I was really a liked that. Good psychology. Yeah. But then Benoit and Tajiri spill outside With after that. That powerbomb outside. What the yeah. fuck? And then Eddie hits the frog splash and wins. That was brutal. The Poor en- Tajiri. Yeah. The ending was good. Yeah. It was a good ending. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. And then Michael Cole and Taz promote and praise the album St. Anger by Metallica. Which, Tyler, you 
are now, okay with St. Anger. Okay, let me tell you this, okay? The album itself, no. The album is garbage. But what you got to remember, I first listened to Metallica when Mission Impossible 2 came out. Which was three years before this. I Disappear. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked that song. Didn't know Metallica from a hole in the ground. So you never, at this point, were familiar with like the big ones no. like Enter Sandman, no. Sabbath, True, nothing like that. No, crazy. Yeah, and then uh, when this Metallica came out with Saint Anger, and then being on WWE, it was basically force fed to me. It's like, oh, this is cool. Then you bought the CD. No, I burned it off from Mitchell. Okay, okay, there we go. And, uh, yeah, no, the CD's not very good. Not very good at all. I, I'm, I'm kind of with, though, the... the. Yeah, I liked Metallica a lot as a teenager, yeah. but now it's kind of weaned. I mean, I'm seeing them next, in August at yeah. this football stadium, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of on that territory where I don't like anything past the 80s albums. Fair enough, I mean... I could, I definitely have bands like that for myself. Yeah. But yeah. Saint Anger itself, to me, it's if you look at the rest of Metallica stuff, it's it's absolute garbage. Did you ever watch some kind of monster? That's when James Hetfield is like a raging drunk, right? He's a raging drunk and yeah. they get um He's a, wearing the coveralls with get no the, shirt. The band therapist. Yeah. And then they just cry and, yeah. and bitch and complain yeah. for an hour and a half. Fucking was it Trey what's his name? The bass player, uh, Jason Newstead. Jason Newstead. He just. Oh no, no. The 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 Native American. Rob Trujillo. Yeah, Trujillo. The guy from Suicidal Tendencies. Yes, he came in during this, right? Yeah, uh, they. What a fucking up. shit show he walks into. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine walking in that and being like, "Oh, okay, I might peace out." <laughs> <laughs> but what if I tell you in twenty years your son will play with corn? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm in. <laughs> oh, corn. Did you say corn? Corn's fucking huge. I have a hard time digesting it, but. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Who my kid? He's Mexican. So uh, let's get into this WWE <laughs> undisputed or just the WWE heavyweight title. Now that we have two titles, it's no longer undisputed. That's true. That's true. It's Kurt Angle, the champion against Brock Lesnar. So. Over the last few months, Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar have developed a budding friendship that quickly went south as it went up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a friendship over a friendly competition and how Brock Lesnar spent time with Kurt in the hospital. Sure, but I mean, like you said, Brock Lesnar pulls a fast one on him in the cage match, and that leads us to Brock Lesnar being the first lunatic fringe. Yes! Michael Cole incessantly calls him the lunatic fringe in this match. Yes. And hey, what, like 10 years later, 13 years later, we get the lunatic fringe versus the lunatic fringe. In a lunatic fringe match that was lunarific. One of the worst oh. Lesnar matches I've ever seen in my life. I think it was the worst one of recent memory, that's for sure. It was the worst one since his comeback, I would uh, say. Wait, no. Big, the Big Show match? Big Show match was fucking awesome. Yeah. When he kicked the hell out of him with a chair? Well, yes, um, that's right. Actually, too. maybe the Kofi match. I'd say the Hunter matches. The Hunter matches weren't good. They were pretty I boring. Yeah, I, that was, I can't really remember. One of them was when so. Lesnar got knocked out. In yeah, the first like five minute. seconds in. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, I mean, this match was much better than that. You, we got a great video that that shown the story of the uh, rise and fall of this friendship. Uh, but uh, Rock, Brock, Rock, Brock, he holds the power. Okay, and I say this because he has outsmarted and demolished everything ringside. Okay, he's got all the power in the world. He gets knocked outside and just. Has the tantrum of a century. It was amazing. Brock's facials in this match. Amazing. Yeah, he's a, he's a real mean guy heel right now. He's so much better as a fucking heel. Way better. Way better. Brock is a face. You can tell that he's not a genuinely good person because he's a terrible face. Yes. He's a great heel, though. Oh. Brock Lesnar, all he likes to do is work, out, hunt, kill. And fuck Sable. Fuck Sable. That's right. Have they ever had kids together, I wonder? Uh, they have kids, yeah. Brock has a kid. They have kids. How fucking crazy is they that? They have kids. That Brock they has are a probably kid. going to be the most ruthless motherfuckers on earth. They're just killing fucking caribou killing with machines. their hands. Dude, Brock Lesnar is a fucking grizzly bear breeding fucking... Yeah. Like, just... It's just a ground for Well, he's a bear in himself. Killing machines. He's a bear in himself. That's what I'd say. Uh, but Brock Lesnar, while he's having this tantrum, he steals the WWE title. And he says, fuck this, I'm out. I'm just going to leave because I am the real champion. Cornell comes out, hits a forearm, and Brock does a front-flipping bump. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, oversell that one, will you? Jesus. <laughs> but kudos on Brock for taking a bump like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brock would uh, continue. He would press slam angle onto the floor. That was brutal. That just had a thud. This caused him to be called the Lunatic Fringe once again. Oh, man. When they get back in the ring, that release belly to back on angle without moving a single inch. Yeah. That was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I really... Brock, at this point in time, he's much better of a wrestler than he is now. Yeah. Yeah, He's not as older and... He's, I don't even think it's that. I be, I feel it's uh, Brock now that he's in the WWE. He's he does the best of Brock. No, well, he works as little you know as he I mean? can to get the biggest bang for his buck. Yeah, so he just does a bunch of Germans because he knows that's all he has to do. Do you think that he's gonna um, pull out his working boots with Joe? No, you think it's just gonna be a regular ass Brock match? Yeah, See, it could be such. It could oh. be such a spectacle. Like if they pulled like Cena Brock levels from Extreme Rules of 12, uh, 2012 out yeah. for this match. Yeah. Like, hey, speak of the devil. Brock Lesnar hits a fucking standing muscle buster in this match on Angle. Yeah. Like right now, after yeah. this release belly to back. The high cradle. Yeah, the high cradle is what they call it. Yeah. He hits. I didn't realize that that's what that was. Totally a muscle buster. That's crazy. It's true. It really is. Um, No, what? Uh, I either see I see it going like the Roman Reigns matches. You think that Joe's just going to beat the shit out of him for a while, and then Brock just powers out yeah. a bunch of Germans, F5, Kimura, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be fun, I think, though. Oh, oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, let's see. Uh, the ref, we get a ref bump. The ref is down. Travis, write that one on the board. <laughs> Angle has Lesnar in what I call a uh, ass for 69. That was a weird sleeper hold. 
Yeah. Taz and Cole could not figure out what that was. Taz is like, hey, Cole, it's a leg lock. Cole's <laughs> like, no, he's fading, Taz. It's a sleeper hold. Yeah, so this would eventually turn into an ankle lock. Uh, Brock, he reaches for the ropes, but there's no ref, so Angle just pulls him aside. Note that the ref, that the announcers say that the ref is out. That's why Angle can do this, because when the ref gets back up in a little while, something happens. Uh, so Ra- Brock then starts to tap. But there's no ref to be seen. Uh, Vince comes down and clobbers Angle with a chair in his Hawaiian bowling suit best. Great stuff. I love seeing him fucking briskly walk to the ring. Uh, Brockton delivers a one-legged F5. Great. Great psychology. The ref awakens. One. Two. No. Angle kicks out. After another F5 attempt, Angle reverses it into an angle lock. Where the ref now sees it. Lesnar grabs the ropes. What does Angle do? Pulls him off. Ref is okay with it. Neglecting everything that the announcers had just said. And then Lesnar would tap. Match over. I can't remember this Angle reign, to be honest. I can't remember Angle actually holding this title at the point. No. No, I wasn't. You know, I, I wasn't a SmackDown, avid SmackDown viewer anyways. You know what comes up? Um... So he won't be visiting SmackDown until No Mercy of 2003 in October. In between that period of time, we get the 60-minute Iron Man match on SmackDown between Lesnar and Angle. Which I believe is where Lesnar retains the title and holds it until Eddie Guerrero takes it off of him. At uh, WrestleMania? No way out. Oh, yeah. It's Ben Wilder wins at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So post-match, Travis... Angle gets his revenge on Vince for blindsiding him. Uh, Angle slams him on a, uh, was it an open chair? A standing chair. Vince, you know, takes it and he heads back with his title. And then we get ringside. The first ever winner of the Diva Search, Jamie Coepe. Yes. Who has never, ever been on WWE TV forever. Any substance as a contracted performer. That's because she was not. So, okay, I've always heard about the mutterings of Jamie Coepe and the 2003 Diva Search by seeing some very floozy photos of her online. Yeah, some Mickey James-esques. But I never knew what she was from. I okay. never ever knew. So you got it, eh? She's from Winnipeg. Oh, hey, no way. Yeah, uh, Jamie uh, was the winner of the first ever WWE Diva Search when it was just an internet competition. Uh, She won mainly because of a highly organized online fan page ran by her manager. Uh, But it was a live internet contest. Uh, There was never a contract involved. However, she did receive a photo shoot in the November 2003 edition of Raw Magazine. As well as an extra as extra publicity, uh, she, uh, she, just to help her modeling career. So it's basically just a stepping stone to become a model. Whereas the next year they take it to a whole new level, where it's like, hey, we'll let you wrestle on TV for a bit, but in the end, you get a Playboy contract. Who is that? Christy Hemi, Ashley oh. Massaro, Candice Michelle. And Maria Canellis, all from the Diva Search. Not Candice. Yeah, but that's the second year, isn't it? Carmella de Cesare. Christy Hemi was the first winner. Oh, with Carmella. And she yeah. got a Playboy contract right before Mania so she could wrestle Trish Stratus. 
Yeah, and that's the one where Carmel was... Carmelo the slut where they kept on talking about how big of a slut she was on TV. Yeah. Because everyone hated her. Yeah, she was on Playboy. She had a fantastic set of titties. Yes, she did. She had a fantastic cooter, too. Yeah, she did. What a shitter on that one. Uh, up next is the No Holes Barred match between Kane and Rob Van Dam. Here, this is my match of the night. Really? Um, it's biased. I'm sorry. It's just because I fucking love the entire feud and Kane. He is the fucking man at this point. See, now I'll I'll agree with you that the feud is cool. This match, um, I don't know. To me, why was this match on where it is? Um, you w- don't need a dead spot. WWE likes their buffer matches between main events. And the Elimination Chamber is a long main event. But it's not like... I find the Elimination Chamber is different enough and only the second time it's ever been seen that Lesnar Angle is not going to kill that main event. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I feel like Lesnar Angle kills this match. It killed it for me anyways. That Dude, the big match before a buffer match always kills the buffer match. But this feud always. is so big, why would you fuck it up like this? Like, why didn't they open up the show with this? Like, open up the show with this match if you got to. Yeah, like, yeah. the tag team match they opened, the first two, three matches were skippable. That doesn't get the crowd going. The only thing that hindered this match was Kane messing up a big spot, which was the, the diving clothesline to the outside. He, he slipped off the turnbuckle. Yeah. That was the only thing that he really fucked up in this match. They have great timing. I I made a couple gifts, or I made one cool gif of uh, RVD um, trying to hit a five star frog splash and Kane timing that sit up impeccably. Oh yeah, on the chair. Yes. And then there's another one next week where RVD is doing a suicide dive onto Kane, and RVD gets whapped with the chair once he's halfway outside the ropes, and he fucking like literally he's. He actually makes it out, but then he just drops dead right outside the ring. It is unbelievable. These guys have great timing together. They work well together. Oh, yeah. It's it's much better than the affairs that Kane had with Triple H in 02. I agree with you there completely. Um, I do also, uh, I think it was JR that said it, that uh, RVD's feet has two speeds. Here they come, and there they go. <laughs> <laughs> That is very true. Uh, but, yeah, I know. Uh, other than that, you know, the match I found was just, you know, all brawling with a couple RVD spots. Yeah, that's true. Um, we, we had um, a really cool thing where RVD did a rolling thunder, and as he was about to hit his last flip, Kane grabbed him for a choke slam and kind of got up, did his thing. Um, um, the steel steps where he had one perched up near the guardrail and yes. one just laying there. RVD, or was he, it Kane? RV, RVD, RVD got pushed. gets pushed off the, yeah. yes, and he hits it. And um, <laughs> Kane nearly picks off a bunch of fans with the ladder. He grabs the ladder. RVD's next to the guardrail, and he fucking whaps RVD in the face with the ladder. Almost, like, I mean, if you mess that up, you could have whapped a oh, fan yeah. right in the face. Well, I mean, it's no worse than Jeff Hardy jumping on and stepping on people's hands and shit, right? You're totally right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kane, though, he uh, takes a dropkick chair shot right to the fucking dome. The Van Terminator. Okay, that's, I thought the Van Terminator... Van Van Damnator's a spinning heel kick, right? Uh, JR called it the Van Terminator, so I, I just kind of went with it. Fair but enough. The Van, the Van Terminator... I'll, or, 
No, the Van Daminator is the spinning kick. Yeah. Where he throws the chair at him. Maybe the Van Terminator is that um, the drop. I always kick thought there. the Van Terminator was that coast to coast drop kick. Damn. Because they never ever call, that was never called the coast to coast. I believe that's the Van Terminator. But I mean, it's the same move. It's still that drop kick with the chair. You remember Rob Van Dam's TNA theme song? Van Terminator. Van Terminator. Van Terminator. Van Crushinator. Van Assassinator. Cut out. Yeah. It's back. Speak. Hello? No. Hello? Hello. Okay. Okay, we're back. I don't know what that was. Weird. Maybe the Rob Van Dam theme killed the mic. I, I think that we killed the mics by... uh speaking incredibly loud could have very much well are we still recording tyler fudge yes yes we are all right so we can't get that excited yes let's just never sing the rob van dam thing theme song ever again (laughs) uh but this match here uh let's see he hits the van terminator he goes to coast to coast blah 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 he misses kane then hits tombstone on rvd onto the steps rolls him into the ring gets the pin on that coast-to-coast that he hit on Kane, did that look like it hit Kane at all? Because it no. looked like he rolled right out of the ring. Well, he wasn't supposed to hit him. JR said that it connected. I think JR was blind because I, I thought for sure that Kane rolled out of the way. Yeah, it looked like hit. it to me, too. I was Well, I mean, he's watching it from fucking a mile away, right? No, he's watching it on a monitor. Well, I know, but it's, the monitor is about the size of a fucking cell phone. True. <laughs> I would hate to have to watch that. I agree. Like At least now they can watch it on like iPads and shit. But uh, up next, though, Travis, we get uh, Bischoff yelling at Terry. Calling her stupid and blonde. And then Linda comes in. Yeah, and Eric drops his water bottle when she gets into the room, which was a nice little subtle yeah. nuance. Yeah. I, he's, he's good like that. Oh, yeah, no, Eric Bischoff, when it comes to the not running a, a wrestling program, he's pretty good. Great on-air personality. Yeah. I would take him over any authority figure except for Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan has a weird quirkiness about him that makes you like him. Yeah, yeah. And I like Shane Kurt Angle, McMahon, too. not so much. Oh, Shane's terrible. Yeah. He's awful. He's gotten worse. So is Kurt Angle. I like Kurt. I don't. I, I enjoy Kurt in that role. I don't at all. I I, I, I feel like better than, than Steph. Is it? It's way better. Than at least Kurt okay. Angle doesn't belittle his talent. No, no, but at least Kurt Angle does. At least Stephanie McMahon is great at what she does. Talking, she's great. You know, her promos are much better, at least delivered, than Kurt Angle's. Yeah, she she's. I'm sure she has a lot to a lot of pull in what she says, though, well, whereas yes. Kurt is just given something. Too. Exa- well, yes, I'm sure that Kurt is not able to. I think if Kurt was given a little more leeway to do his own thing, it might be a little more. I agree. Authentic. I agree. But right now, not a fan. Are you excited for Kurt Angle versus Triple H? No. I would like to see Kurt Angle. The against... one match that Kurt Angle should not have. The one match he's had about eight fucking thousand times, yeah. There are two matches that Kurt Angle should not have in WWE. That is against Brock Lesnar, because yep. he will die. Yep. And that is against Triple H. Yes. Now, okay, uh, Fantasy Booker, if you were to book one Kurt Angle match for WrestleMania 33, what would it be? 
Well, you know, all time, I, I think right now, a match between Finn Balor and Kurt would be a very nice match because we've seen AJ and Kurt. There's no need yeah. for that. Nakamura and Kurt, Nakamura is very lazy. I don't think that that would be a very fun match. Uh, yeah, you might. You 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 would either get a amazing match or a a average match. I would like to see. Um, um, I think Kevin Owens and Kurt could pull off a, a Sami Zayn and Kurt would yeah. be very fun. That's very who fun. I was going to say. Yeah, Sami Zayn and yeah, Kurt. Yeah, that would be a very yeah. good match. You got two like personalities. You know, like Kurt Angle back in the day was very much like Sami Zayn now. Only Sami Zayn's a face and Kurt Angle's a heel. Yeah, but I mean, at least Shinsuke Nakamura likes him. Doesn't run away from him like everybody else. <laughs> but uh, let's see. We've already went through the uh, reason why Triple H and Goldberg didn't happen instead of this match. Oh, Kevin Nash faded in a hotel lobby in front of wrestling fans wearing uh, while he was uh, see, uh, he was signing wrestling autographs. He faded like fell asleep. He, he, he passed out onto the floor, uh, and he was held off a bunch of wrestling events on their Australian tour. And uh, yeah. That was uh, Kevin Nash. Luckily, Travis, this is the last time we'll ever see Kevin Nash. Until 2011. Yeah, when he comes in to uh, get into an accident and yell at Highway. Well, first would be his debut into the Royal Rumble as Diesel. Yes, yes. But then he crashes into the Yellowhead Highway and has a terrible match with Triple H. Yeah, yeah. Did they ever do the, the Nash punk match? Nope. Nash claimed he had fucking health problems yes, and held right. off on the match because probably CM Punk was supposed to beat him. Probably. I would assume so. So, Travis, as we've talked about by now, uh, evolution is a thing. Uh, we're also one step closer towards Fatty H because he's got his pants. This is also a nice thing about this match, even though Hunter does nothing in this match. He's no, protected not, not so much. Thing. But his problem with this match is that, hey, Last year, I walked into the chamber as champ. I lost. Can I actually pull it off? Which yeah. is a very captivating story. Like, holy shit, Hunter's Reign of Terror is going to come to an end. Yeah. Especially with Goldberg. Like, you, I think that Goldberg should have won this match to keep his momentum. Yeah. Regardless of him not being able to work, because hey, Goldberg was built like a star this new run because he had short matches. Exactly, they they played into his strong suits and laid off on his. Well, I mean, I suppose they they kept his weak suit of his son coming out and dabbing and taking his shirt off and shit. That but, was his last night, though. Well, no, his, his son took his shirt off the first match he had. He got his son into the ring. But the dab was the last yeah, The dab was the I, last I would thing, say yes. dabbing is worse than uh, taking your shirt off. Well, what was, wor- what was the bad thing about it? A little kid doing a dabbing dance over On taking a, a shoot or taking a hoot of, da- uh, of shatter. Yeah, yeah. a little kid is doing that right now. That, that's that's nice. <laughs> that's that's real nice. But no, the uh, the first night that the kid is shown, he gets the worst part about it is he gets put into the ring this is after Titus kisses this kid on the lips. <laughs> that uh, thing always gets me. <laughs> oh, man, have you seen the new one where Titus is playing, like, fucking checkers with his kids no. in the in the 
Hey, we're WWE. You should be a good dad. I know. I Dude, they have those commercials now. It's really? like Roman Reigns uh, drinking tea with his little kid. They have that for Titus now. Nice. 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 Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, eh, I probably won't ever watch it because it's Titus O'Neil and he's fucking annoying as hell. Oh, you're not a part of the Titus brand? No. No, definitely not. Oh, wow. Definitely not. I, I, I could strike you for being a part of the Titus brand. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure you could. Just uh, taking you know, selfies and smiling from ear to ear. Me and Apollo Crews, Akira Tozawa, and Titus O'Neil have so much in common. No, I thought so. You are black, right? Does mom know? No, she thinks that you're Asian. No, that's a that's a that's a quip on uh, "Hear No Evil, See No Evil." You ever see that movie with uh, Richard Pryor, Pryor. and Gene Yeah. Ah, uh, when I was a young kid. Oh, there's one part where he's in the subway. Richard Pryor's blind, and Gene Wilder's deaf. Does uh, my mom know? Uh, they're in the subway, and uh, he's talking really loud, being really obnoxious, and his sister's with him, and she tells him, "You know, can you please keep down? Everybody's looking at us. You're a black guy causing a scene on a subway." What? I'm black? Does mom know? <laughs> it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Little Richard Pryor. Oh, I love that movie so much. Uh, let's see, though. Travis, what are some other highlights? The match starts with HBK and Y2J. Good start. Good start, yeah. The fans, though, really loudly chant Goldberg while this is going on. Um, entry number one's Randy Orton. He has a high crossbody on HBK immediately. Yeah. Um, dot, 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 dive. He's, um... He's really improved since yeah. the SmackDown run here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Y2J locks in the worst walls of Jericho ever on Shawn Michaels. This is when Kevin Nash comes in. He's a mean heel now. Kevin Nash, <clears throat> speaking of how shitty Kevin Nash is, he was really good tonight. Very good. Very good. And um, I know that you probably don't agree with me, but Kevin Nash put his working boots on tonight, and he he, he worked for the very short time that he was in there. He uh, did a lot of good spots with Jericho, had a great sequence with HBK, but you know what? Nash only puts his working boots on for when he's working with his friends. Yeah. Uh, he hit a, uh, what really told me, and I agree with you, that he did come out to play in, the, in this match. Uh, it was evident to me when he hit a sidewalk slam, and the sidewalk slam had emphasis to it. It had force to it. It was good. And... Um, Kevin Nash goes for a jackknife on Jericho, but then HBK out of nowhere super kicks Nash. Nash falls like a fucking ton of bricks, which you don't see Nash do often. Oh my god! Like, yeah, like he fell like a ton of bricks, and it was entertaining because Nash usually takes that fucking cop out bump where he yeah. kind of lands on his fucking side or his knee, but then Jericho rolls him up quickly. Nash is gone. First elimination. Yeah. Kevin fucking Nash. Oh, you're going to go make the Punisher? He's going to go make the Punisher. Fuck you, Nash. See you in 10 years. <laughs> Dixie Carter will sweep him up. She wants to fuck him. He would actually uh, stay in contract till January. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't believe that they never ever used him after. Yeah, well, no, he had nagging injuries uh, after. Well, he always says nagging injuries. Well, yeah, because he's Nash, right? He's nagging Nash, so. Nash Mantis. Nash Mantis, yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, Nash, though, he would not leave without a fight as he jackknifes everyone on the way out. And this is when Hunter is now the next entrant. And then he gets fucked up as well. Super kick immediately as soon as he enters. Yep. Uh, and he see. is out for about five to ten minutes. He's out until the last two minutes of the for match. For a fucking let's super get that kick. right. He's you, out could, until... you could have fucking pinned him. 
Yeah. Could have pinned him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg, though, he is the last competitor to enter. Uh, he's the only one to escape Kevin Nash's wrath because, God forbid, he had to put up with enough with in WCW. They must have thought, let's give him a break tonight. Uh, what would have been better, though, is if Goldberg was the one to pin Kevin Nash. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking bittersweet so yeah. revenge. Yeah. But uh, Goldberg, he clears the ring of everyone. Uh, uh, he pins Orton. Orton's gone. He spears Y2J through a pod. He, he kind of had to force it in, eh? Yeah. Uh, Goldberg then ducks a super kick, spears and jackhammers HPK, and he's fucking kaputted. The winner of last year's Elimination Chamber's gone. And he's not wearing his fucking poo-stained tights. Yeah, his shit He's actually shit wearing tights. something from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I'm shocked he still hasn't worn the pants. I thought he was wearing pants by now when I was... He debuts the pants at WrestleMania 21. Wow. In his match against Kurt Angle. It's unreal. That's where he debuts him. Crazy. Yeah, it's a long time from now. Yeah. But we're 15 15 minutes into the match, and Triple H has not been seen. Uh, (laughs) He will be seen in about a minute or so, though. Uh, Goldberg then spears and jackhammers Y2J. Y2J is gone. Triple H now is forced to work the next three minutes. What do we do? Flair closes the door. I did like when Flair got up on the guardrail and pushed yes. the door in with his feet. Yes. That was nice. And then uh, Goldberg then, was it? He just super kicks through the door? Just gives it a fucking sidekick right there. And oh, fucking man. just clobbers Triple H. That was, a, that was a good one there. Yeah. The spear didn't look good, but that super kick looked great. Yeah. Uh, did you notice how they blurred uh, Flair giving Goldberg the finger, but showed Triple H and Goldberg giving each other the finger? Um, I didn't see any blur on my DVD. The network was. Uh, let's see. Uh, once Triple H uh, comes in, though, he ends up getting the upper hand. The crowds blew, boo him uncontrollably because they want Goldberg to win. Uh, Goldberg goes for a spear, but Triple H has with him what, Travis? What does Triple H Out always have? Out of nowhere, he has his fucking shovel, the sledgehammer. Yes, and he picks up the victory. But Goldberg selling that sledgehammer shot during the spear was... Great. Oh, yeah. He fucking just kind of sidewinded. And I've never seen Goldberg sell like that before. No. That was great. It was yep. fantastic. Um, he probably couldn't have done a pedigree at this time considering his groin injury. Very possible. But this was a very anticlimactic end because he pins him one, two, three to retain the championship. Yeah. Uh, post-match, Orton will come out with a set of handcuffs. They would uh, beat on Goldberg. And uh, eventually tie him onto the cage and just keep on hitting him with sledgehammer. Three shots. If anybody was hot, hit three times and have a sledgehammer, they'd die. No, one shot, man. Yeah. You would be brain dead. Yeah, so I really hate the sledgehammer. It, it, it's too... You have to suspend your disbelief too much, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, like aces and eights doing the hammer thing, too. Like, all of this shit, like, yeah. at least make your weapons practical where you can suspend your disbelief but not insult your intelligence. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, but, Travis, that's SummerSlam 2003. Yeah, that is SummerSlam 2003. I was able to watch the St. Agra music video, which uh, perfectly relates to the quality of this show itself. <laughs> shitty. Uh, okay, so you, you want to go with shitty on the rating. Uh, I'm going to go with slightly above average. I think this was the worst WWE show that we've reviewed. Yet. Oh, fuck no. Bad Blood. Bad Blood's worse than this 
Hands down. I like the redneck triathlon. Yeah, okay, but I also like the Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle match. <laughs> you okay. So we're we're at a stalemate there. Yeah. That's totally fine. I would I would put it above Bad Blood. Um I'd probably put it above uh Armageddon too. Armageddon was definitely the worst show we ever recorded. Oh yeah. But, so sick as fuck. Yeah, that or uh payback two thousand 15 or 16 where I was high as fuck and I kind of froze on the show and you mean we had to our most, You mean our most downloaded episode? Our most downloaded episode ever. <laughs> Travis freezes up, ruins all growth. <laughs> I was so high. I was so high. I, and it wasn't a good show. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Let's see, Travis. Um... We should just get our plugs out of the way, if you were to, if I, if I should say so myself. Yeah, um, no, we we've definitely had a pretty illustrious show so far. Um, yeah, yeah. So Tyler, where can you find us? Well, William Shatner, uh, you can find us at mofudge.com, thefederation.com. You can go and listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere fine podcasts are found. I feel like I'm Jim Vicious saying that. Uh, you can also go on whatamaneuver.net to get our t-shirts. You can go on Facebook, the Federation Podcast. You can follow Travis at uh, FudgingUp333. Is yes, that what it is? Sir. Yes. And you can get uh, me at, at the Federation or the podcast itself at, at the Federation. Um, with that being said, Travis, uh, we started a new thing here at the Federation Podcast. Last week, I uh, just instead of the uh, Isaac Hayes walk on by bit, uh, I put in uh, Rolling On by the Murlocs. Uh, so what we've decided we're going to do is every week, uh, we're going to throw to the other person to, uh, pick the song that's going to play and just, you know, give us a brief rundown on why. So Travis, what song are you going to ask us to close out on? Well, sir, um, um, I, uh, I, I really like to be on the pulse of new music. So a new album that just came out recently from a band called White Reaper. They are a, uh, a very, uh, upbeat punk outfit from California. They have a new album called The World's Best American Band, and I swear to God, you will love it. The song is called Little Silver Cross. I hope you enjoy. It's a, it's a little doozy. Okay, and uh, Travis, keep on rocking the free world, man. Yeah.